It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. In today's show, we're looking at players who are underperforming, maybe they're buy lows, some sell highs who are overperforming, including Anthony Edwards and, of course, DeMar DeRozan, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Here we are with a buy low, sell high show. Because of the weird all-star break, I'm not going to do recaps of stuff because it's just too far behind. So we're just going to start off straight doing buy lows and sell highs. Um, most trade deadlines are this week, at the end of this week. So this is going to be uh, I'll say it's going to be the last buy low, sell high, but that's not really true. It'll be the last buy low, sell high. We can actually do trades, but what we'll end up doing, well, let's see. What do you guys think? Should I just keep doing this, but like it's renamed as like an underperforming, overperforming sort of situation where you can see who's up and who's down and, and you know, if we have hope for that changing? Or should we put a different sort of um, show into the schedule? I don't know. Drop that in the comments on YouTube, depending on what you want to do uh, or what you think I should do now that trade deadlines are basically done after this week. But last gasp at doing this, remember sell high, you don't have to do it. If you get great value, you do it. Otherwise, you ride out the increased production. A buy low, you don't have to give up value of what you think they're going to get to. That's if their manager is panicking, if their manager is trying to get into the playoffs, if their manager is in the playoffs and they are looking at... Um, Someone who's underperforming, you might be able to get that player at a cheaper price with things that we expect to improve as we move forward. That's how all of this should work. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> all right, we're going to start where we start. No, I don't know if we've started this way, but we've talked about him a lot, and that's DeMarta Rosen. And I know the people are going to say, well, he's been doing this all year, Josh. And that is blatantly untrue. Simple as that. It's blatantly untrue that he's been doing this all year. Has DeMarta Rosen been great this year? Yes, he has. He has been fantastically good this year. Um, he's the 16th ranked player for the season. Over the last two weeks, he ranks fourth. And there are a few things here where you look at it and you can and you can say, well, I think he's still going to be good rest of the way. And that is entirely true. 
I am confident he will be. He also had a few two-week stretches during the year where he was outside the top 100. Don't forget that. But he's just not going to be this good. So this is one of those cases where, you're sure, if someone wants to give you a top five, a top seven, a top eight player back for DeRozan, I think you do that trade. If they're giving you a top 20 guy. Nah, just enjoy what's happening. I'll tell you why I don't think it's going to continue. A, he's playing 38 minutes a night. That's probably going to come down. Even if it's two minutes, three minutes, it's going to come down. He's averaging almost 37 points per game. Now that, by anyone's standards, is a lot. Some of those games, this is eight games over the last three weeks, including All-Star. That's eight games there. Some of that was without Zach Levine. He's had a 35 usage. Maybe he sticks with a high usage. He's hitting 62% of his threes. He's not shooting many, but he's hitting 62% of them. His field goal percentage is at 58%. Now he is a great mid-range shooter. We know this. 58 is just not reliable. You cannot expect him to be a 58% shooter. And when your two best categories during this time frame of field goal percentage and points at gigantic Z scores, and they're the two things that you go, they're not going to stick. Even if he averages 31 points and shoots 55%, still really good numbers, it's a 15-20 spot drop straight there. Just from those two numbers going from elite, unsustainably elite, to very, very good, it is a drop-off. So, inquire. C, can you get a good a good high-end player, a top-end guy, a top-five player, a top-six player, a Trey Young, Luka Doncic maybe, um, Joel Embiid, James Harden, if people don't believe it's going to continue. Yeah, can you get those players? It's absolutely worth looking at, I think. I know, And I know plenty of people are going to disagree about this. But again, I think he's going to be good, very good, Top 20-ish good, just not top 5 good. And top 5 to top 20 is a very, very big difference. Let's talk about Budrick Heald, who has been, admittedly, unbelievable in Indiana. He has been super, super impressive, and he has kept a starting job even with Chris Duarte back. It's the battle of who's the oldest bloke in their draft class. Heald is playing over the last six games an astonishing 40 minutes. So there's your number one red flag. 40 minutes is too much to expect someone to continue rest of season. Heald is only the 108th ranked player for the year. He's 27th in category leagues over the last three weeks, 36th in points. How is he doing this? Well, he's averaging six rebounds and almost five assists, which are very un-Buddy Heald-like numbers. The 40 minutes is the number one thing that sticks out, where you go, all right, 35, maybe, 36, possibly. 40, it's just a lot for every game. It's a lot to expect. And you know, when you tie in those big minutes with increased production, like he's been giving us, in fact, if, if I brought this back to the last two weeks, which is just four games, he's the 10th ranked player. And this is a guy that's averaged two assists per game this year. And he's at five in Indiana. He averaged four rebounds. He's at almost you know, close to seven. These are big changes. He shot 46% from two this season. He's at 63% over the last three weeks. So, Buddy Heald has never been an awesome two-point shooter. He's been a very good three-point shooter. We know that. But he's never been a guy. He's never hit 50% from two in his life. And now he's going at over 60. There's your drop-off. The assist, the assist might stay. Maybe that's the Indiana system. The minutes might stay high. Not that high. But all three of those things together, I think, push him back outside the top 50. He's been great. But I'm not sure that expecting him to continue that is 
probably the wisest move. But it is wise to go to bet online because football's over. We know that. But basketball is flying. Pro, pro basketball, college basketball, full steam ahead. So the latest odds, totals, and player performance props. BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your score f- source for hockey, boxing, and UFC as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Let's go to the next sell high player. It's Devin Booker. And I say this understanding that your immediate reaction is going to be, Chris Ball's out. No, he's going to keep doing it. Chris Ball is out. Does Josh not know Chris Ball's out? No, no, I know. I, I, I know that. I am a, I'm across that part of it. But the reason I've got Devin Booker here, and I think Devin Booker is going to be a pretty clear top 20, maybe top 15 guy rest of the season. He's 24th for the year, and he's going to play a lot of point guard. Now, Cameron Payne, if he ever returns, might impact that. Not that Cameron Payne's better than Devin Booker, but throwing Cameron Payne in there to reduce some of that stress on Booker and having the ball in his hands the entirety of the game will be something they look to do. But it's not just that part of it which is really fueling his big, big rise. Devin Booker averages 1.1 steals per game this season. Over the last three weeks, he's at two steals per game. Over the last five games, he's at three steals per game. And we know that bumping your steals is a surefire way to just absolutely blow through right up to the top of the rankings. 27.9 points. Yeah, look, maybe he can continue to do that. With the extra usage with Chris Paul out, all that stuff is, is possible. Not that Chris Paul is a high usage player, but Booker's going to do a lot. But... 27.9, if that goes to 26, it's not a big drop-off, but it's enough. Two steals. Like, this is a guy who historically has been a very poor steals player. This is, in fact, his first ever time averaging over a steal per game. The last, what? His career has been 0. 0.8, 0. 0.7, 0. 0.9, 0. 0.9, 0. 0.9, 0. 0.6. He's at 1.1 this year. And now he's yeah, racking up you know, two steals a game, which is going to fall off. And then 90.4% from the line. Devin Booker's a very good free throw shooter. Very good. But as I will continually tell you, going from 90 to 86, which is still great, hurts. It drops you down. It drops you down considerably. It takes you from being a guy who's like 2, 2.5 Z score in that category to 1, 1.1. That's a big difference. Drop that, cut your steals in half, maybe lose a point or two. And there you go. There's 15 ranking spots already. That's how I'd be viewing Devin Booker. And it's not to say that he's shit or anything like that, of course. He's going to be really good. But there are a few things there I go, no, I don't, I don't think that's sticking. Bogdan Bogdanovich. 
on a real, real heater at the moment. And again, it's about using narratives. It's about using other players to your advantage because other players look at it and go, well, Bogdan Bogdanovich, he was unbelievable last year post-All-Star break. Maybe he's just doing that again. Maybe he is. I don't know that I believe that a bloke's going to be a 46% three-point shooter or whatever it is at the moment. 44% three-point shooter continually. Yeah, in the second half of the season, that's just what he does, is it? I don't really believe that. He, he's been great. He's averaging 19 points in 30 minutes. He's hitting 44% of his threes and 57% from two to give him over 50% field goals. Reminder for the year, he's under 44. Um, he's hitting you 3.4 threes per game. That's a full three extra versus what he's done this season. And he's at 1.7 steals. And he averages for the year one, much like Devin Booker. This guy's career has been one steal this year, 1.1 last year, 1.1 the year before, one the year before, 0.9 the year before. So while he might he, maybe he's improved, but the 1.3, 1.7 might become 1.3. 3.4 triples might become 2.8. 50% might become 46%. He's 39th in category leagues over the last three weeks and 57th in points leagues. Drop those things down, which are all maybe you know, career high type numbers. 39 turns into 70 very quickly, like really quickly. In fact, it might turn into 80 or 90. And he says he's not he's not even a top 110 player this year because of the struggles with the shot, because of the struggle, well, because of the low steals, because the threes haven't been going in at that level. He's really improved, but I don't know that I buy him being this level of player for the rest of the way. Let's go to the last sell high we've got here, and that is Terrence Mann of the LA Clippers. Mann? Rankings are very similar in points leagues and category leagues over the last three weeks. 57th in category leagues and 56th in points leagues. So how's he doing this? Well, he's averaging 1.8 steals. Again, steals is a key indicator. For a guy that might not be able to do that, even if someone is a pretty high steals player, steals can be quite variable. We've talked about that with Gary Trent, who's like, what, 250th over the last three weeks because the steals have dried up. Yeah, when you rely heavily on that category and while averages are all nice, like two steals in one, if you get two steals in a game, that's that's a big number. You get one steal, it's below average. And that's why it's one it's one play during the game that changes that. That's what's what makes those categories so weird. Terrence Mann, I think the minutes are going to be strong rest of season. Yeah, I don't think Norman Powell's coming back. I'm pretty doubtful Paul George is coming back. But what Mann is doing at the moment is probably going to be unsustainable. He's hitting 41% from three. I wouldn't say that Terrence Mann is a particularly good three-point shooter. He's like a 36-37 guy. So there's a drop coming there. He's also at a ridiculous number from two in that same time frame, where he's hitting 58% of his twos. For the season, he's at 54. Again, these are four percentage point drops on either category there. That drops your field goals down to maybe 50, maybe 51. And the 1.8 steals, he's averaging for the year 0.8. 0.8. And for as good of a defender as Terrence Mann is, he's never been a great steals guy. In last season, in only 19 minutes, sure, he averaged 0.4. The year before that, 0.3. That was in low minutes. Like these steal numbers, which are flying at the moment, are boosting those numbers up. And I'll give you a little tip. Like to just to, if you want to just eyeball things, players who are sell highs, high field goal percentage, high three-point percentage, High steal numbers. 
those things will really give you an idea of who might be outperforming things. And that's where Terrence Mann sits at the moment. Um, what did I tell you about Rock Auto? Because we all know that if you're looking for a steal of a price on a car part, you wouldn't go to a local chain auto parts store. That's just burning money. It's pissing on it. No one wants that. Just go to Rock Auto. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Whether it's brake parts or tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, Rock Auto has everything that you need for your car or truck. So why don't you go to rockauto.com and check out their expansive range, everything you would need for your car or truck. And in their How Did You Hear About Us box, right, locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Let's look at buy lows. Brandon Ingram. He took a little bit of time to settle with CJ McCollum there. Usage was down. Even the assists and the peripherals were down. And at the moment, it's a bit of a struggle. 108th over the last three weeks, 63rd in points leagues. It's hard to say that he is going to be the number one offensive option with CJ there, and we all know CJ loves being a number one offensive option. So the 18.8 points that Ingram is averaging over this time, maybe that sort of sticks at that level. Right? Maybe that sticks. But there are a few other things that we need to look at and go, well, I don't think this is who Brandon Ingram actually is. He's not a high steals guy, but he's down at a putrid 0.5. That's very low. He's not a high threes guy, but he's just not hitting any of them because he's shooting 17% from three, 18% over the last 11 games, 21% over the last 20 games. Now, he was always a horrific three-point shooter in LA and came to New Orleans and had it fixed. But this is a prolonged, prolonged stretch of horrible shooting. And while I'm not expecting him to become a 40% three-point shooter, going from 18 to 32 is a gigantic leap that, again, that's like one to two extra three. That's like an, or at least an extra three per game. One extra three per game goes from 18 points to 21 points per game. And then you're back on track. You're back as a top 50, top 60 player pretty easily. Simple as that. It's been a long stretch of poor shooting. I don't believe he's a 20% three-point shooter. It will go up and his production will go up. Let's look at we go. Sorry, let's look at um, All-Star, Andrew Wiggins, who is, he's had a shit, shitful month, dreadful. 191st in category leagues, 108th in points leagues. He's averaging 14 points, under four rebounds, only two assists. The 0.9 blocks is nice, the 1.4 steals is nice. 
but he is just hurting you in so many areas. This is a bloke, of course, we don't expect huge amounts from. He's 116th for the year. He's a much better points league guy than he is a category league player. That has always been true. And in fact, in like a 10-team category league, I reckon you could consider even dropping him. But in a points league and even in a 12-team, there is room for him to improve considering how bad he's been, like almost outside the top 200. One of the major reasons is, and he's been bad at this all year, but how is he hitting 41% of his free throws? That is a horrific number. That is Andre Drummond territory. That is making your team a punt free throw team. You can't really recover from some of these numbers. Over the last two games, he's at 29%. Like that's pretty much unrecoverable from. And that, of course, impacts his points, which is just 14 per game. And while he's not a great rebounder, 3.8 is a low number. He should be able to get four, four and a half. But he's not. And it's a real struggle for him. Um, he's also, you know, I could make the argument that maybe his steals and blocks are a little bit higher, or especially his steals. They're not particularly high over the course of the season. But these two numbers, the field goal percentage, which is at 48 for the year, and the free throw percentage, which is at 65, still shit, but much higher than 41, that those two things should have a deep, really big chance of improving. Like, chuck your worst couple of blokes at him. If you're in a 12-team, you add him off the wire. Be aware that he's going to hurt your free throws and hurt him in a pretty significant way. But he is an option to grab as a buy-low player. Look at Cade Cunningham, the, uh, the sly hog himself. My name is Richie Cunningham. 152nd over the last two weeks, Cunningham is. Or last three weeks, sorry. And 78th in points leagues. Why is this happening? What's going on? Well, for a start, he's, only, he's, under, he's playing under 30 minutes a night. Shout out to Dwayne Casey. That's frustrating. His shooting is bad. 39% from the field is bad. 24% from three is extra bad. Like these are bad numbers. He's also doing the opposite of a lot of those sell high players in that he's not getting any steals. In fact, he's had one steal in his last five games. Over the last three weeks, he's at half a steal a game. He's averaging 1.2 for the season. Like that goes from a positive, a solid positive, to a gigantic negative. Most of his other numbers are pretty okay. Like the three-point volume is down because he can't hit threes at the moment. He's barely, like, and his three-point attempt rate's down. For the year, he's, hit, he's attempting 40% of his shots from three. But over the last month, he's down to 27% of his shots from three because they're just not going in. I think that will start to, that confidence from hitting from downtown will start to come back when they start to go in. I think that Cade can be top 50 rest of the way, but we're going to need some improvement here on this shooting. But it's it, a lot of this is going to just be tied to those steals, which are so far down and dragging the points down with the poor shooting. I think that, yeah, that is, there's a massive buy low here. Even if you're sending a top 90 player, I would clearly do that to get Cade. I think top 50 is, yeah, really, is 61st over the course of this season with, with these struggles included. So I think he's going to have a pretty big... Um, pretty big, hopefully, run here towards the end of the season. And here it is, Goose, Anthony Edwards. Will you see a bigger buy low than Goose? Probably not. Edwards is the 277th ranked player over the last three weeks, 85th in points leagues. How is this happening? He's averaging, for the year, he's the 47th ranked player. All right. Maybe his knee is bothering him. His ankle is bothering him. He's had some issues with those during the season. That That is a distinct possibility. But he is playing so, so poorly. It's not funny. In fact, in his last four games, he's at 21% from the field and 55 from the line. I'm not here to tell you that he's a great free throw shooter because he's at 70, under 77 for the year. I'm not here to tell you that his field goal percentage is going to be sky high because that sits at 43. But I am here to tell you it's better than 21 
and he's better than 55% um, free throw guy. It's also a player that's averaging 1.4 steals, yet is down at 0.9 over the last three weeks. So weirdly low free throws, terrible field goal percentage, terrible steal numbers. Like all of this, okay, over the last four games, he averages 8.8 points. Usage is down because of the lack of confidence. I think some of because of his knee as well. Get healthy, get the field goals back up. Yeah, you know, you're talking top 60 pretty clearly, I think. It is one of the biggest buy lows that you will ever see. People are a bit worried about it. Now, they're not going to drop him. Or if they do, they're stupid. I don't think they're going to drop him. But there is real value here to get him as a top 75, top 80 player in a trade, I think. Lastly, it's the crucifix. It's Christian Wood. Woody. Um, some rough numbers here. Well, of course, they're rough numbers. He's in a buy low segment. Wood is 288th over the last two weeks in category leagues. He's 66th in points leagues. Why is it so bad? Well, I'll tell you why it's so bad. He's hitting 46% from the line. His decline into being a dreadful free throw shooter is unbelievable to me because he's a bloke who's like high 70s through the G League, big numbers in Detroit, always been a good free throw shooter. And now all of a sudden it's just, you know what? I'm, I'm shit now. And he's just seems like he's accepted it. Now he's at 59.6% for the season. I still have some faith that he can get pushed back over the 60s. But the numbers he is putting up over the last four games, 33% from the line, 45 over the last eight, week, uh, eight, eight games. They're horrendous. Also, he can't block shots anymore. He doesn't get steals. All of his defensive stats are horrific. 0.5 steals, 0.7 blocks. He's not hitting threes at a, at a great volume either. 1.7 threes. Now, this is a guy that we should be getting two 2.2 threes out of. 19 points, 10 boards, 1.1 blocks. Where do I look at him? I think maybe. You've got to be punting free throws. But as a punt free throw, he's probably a top 75 player rest of the season. But there's so many other deficiencies here that I think can all turn around. I would not invest much in buying low on him. But there is a, there is an ability here. There is a position that you can take to get him at a cheaper trade price. And that, guys, will do it for today's buy low, sell high show. Remember, drop it in the comments. What do you want me to do with this segment for next week? Leave that below. If you are on audio, you can tweet it at me at redrock underscore b-ball. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. You sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions.
go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.